Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Shadows. They're fascinating, aren't they? We've all seen them portrayed as many things, spooky, foreboding, indicating that something typically bad is about to happen, yet the Bible paints a different picture of shadows as they relate to God. One of the most comforting passages of Scripture actually highlights how we have a great shadow under the wings of God to find rest in. It's as if it's saying, this is the best place to be when times are hard, to hide yourself in the shadows of God's wings like a bird nestles its chicks in her feathers so God wants to hide us in His love and know His comfort in times of trouble. So how do we experience that in our own lives? That's what we're taking a closer look at in our current series, The Shadow of the Almighty. Let's continue the upward journey. Great to see all of you today. Glad to have you in service today. Let's welcome our online family as well. We are so glad to have all of you with us today. Thanks for being with us. Love our online family watching from uh, locally and other states and other countries of the world. We're so glad to have all of you today. I got to start today telling you a wonderful thing that happened to me. I just want to thank God for something great that happened to me this week. I was in the car with my wife, and I'm bad not to put my seatbelt on. Anybody else just bad to get in the car and drive off and not put your seatbelt on? And my wife really gets upset. That really makes her mad. And so my car reminds us all the time. It'll say, fasten your seatbelt. So we get in the car. We're moving stuff, and she's there. And the thing goes off and says, fasten your seatbelt. She said, babe, fasten your seatbelt. I said, I don't need to. Don't worry. And she got mad. And she said, what do you mean you don't need to? I said, I don't need to. Don't worry. And she said, do you not care about your life? Do you not care about me? It was getting bad. (laughs) Then she said, you're going to get a ticket. I said, babe, I don't need to. Then we just drove down the road a little bit, and it kept going off. And the more it went off, the more mad she got. And I just kept saying, babe, I don't need to do it. She said, well, I just hope they stop you. You have to pay a ticket. Maybe you'll learn until she realized that it was her seatbelt. I was so blessed. And I just want to thank God for that moment right now. I'm telling y'all, I've cherished that. I've been in a good mood all weekend just because of that. And in between services today, Officer Ridgeway had to get in between her and I to keep me safe. So, uh, so uh, watch out for her today. She's back there in the back row, so watch out. watch out for me today. So good to have you here. We've enjoyed this series so much, for real. Psalm 91 has been such a blessing, and thank you so much for all the wonderful responses you've been giving us to how God is touching your life in Psalm 91 and changing your life. I've had older folks. I've had kids. I had a little girl walking out telling me how she prayed this uh, during the storm this week and how God, as she prayed, she said, the storm calmed even as I prayed. And I said, sweetheart, way to go, way to pray. And God's been doing so many things through Psalm 91, this series, and through his word. In fact, it's been the most attended series we've ever had it upward. Last week was a record attendance for us other than Easter or Christmas, it's the largest number of people we've ever had for a weekend. Last weekend, it was powerful. We had uh, eight people short of 1,500. We almost hit 1,500, which is pretty exciting for us. And uh, if you're one of those eight, we know who you are. We're coming after you. 
you ate, you're on our list. No, what a great time, and thank you for being a part of this series. Today we're going to talk about snake encounters. Anybody ready to talk about snake encounters today? Every time I've said that, uh, people shudder a little bit, snake encounters. Does anybody have a scary snake story in your life? A scare, I think we all have some scary snake stories. When I first started, when I first learned to ride a bike, my dad took me out, uh, and he, you know, you had the training wheels, and I learned how to do that, and then the big day came when we took the training wheels off, and he would kind of run along behind me and hold the bike and help me, you know, and I'll never forget that first moment when I was free, and I could ride it, and I figured it out, and the first thing I wanted to do is go on a bike ride out through the woods, so my dad had a garage that he operated, and I remember getting on that bike and said, Dad, can I go out through the woods? He said, go on, and I took off down that trail. It's the first, you, do you remember your first bike? bike ride when you got to go off somewhere. Am I just too old for y'all that y'all don't remember that? Uh, the first time you got on a bike and rode off, you just felt freedom, the wind in your face, and I'm free. And I went out through the woods, and I thought, I'm just going to stop and look for a minute. And I stopped, and I was just looking around at the woods. I was out there all by myself till I looked down, and I had stopped right over a big snake. And the snake lifted its head as if it was about to bite me. And I'm only six years old. I just dropped the bike and ran. I didn't even think that I could drive off or ride off in the bike, maybe faster on the bike. But I dropped that bike and I ran out of the woods. I ran all the way back to my dad's garage. I said, Dad, there's a snake. His first words were, where's your bike? <laughs> I said, it's out in the woods with the snake and I'm not going back. Today's snake encounter is going to be a lot more heroic than my snake encounter, I promise you. It's going to get a lot better. Psalm 91 verse 13, we're only going to look at one verse today because this verse is so packed and so powerful. Let's read it together, Psalm 91 13. It says this, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Say, wait a minute, pastor, we're talking about stepping on lions and on cobras today, the obvious question you may be asking is this, why are there lions and cobras in my secret place? I thought this was a place of safety. I thought it was a place of refuge. I thought I could get in the secret place and be safe away from all kinds of danger. But now you're telling me in the secret place, there may be lions and cobras in this place. What's wrong with this picture? I want you to remember this. The secret place doesn't keep you out of battles. It keeps you as you walk through them. It doesn't insulate you from battle because in the secret place, you will find some battles. When you walk with Jesus Christ, you're going to walk through some trials and some tribulations. There's going to be some lions and some snakes, but here's the deal. The secret place of Psalm 91 goes with you as you walk into battle every time. In verse 4 of this psalm, we had this wonderful and maybe a little confusing picture. It said, he shall cover you with his feathers. And you think of being a baby chick who is safely nestled under its mother's wings for protection. So you're pictured as a baby chick. But then in that same verse, it says, his truth will be your shield and buckler, your armor. So you go from being a baby chick hiding under its mother's wings to a warrior on the battlefield. And it's a beautiful picture of what it's like being a Christian. We hide under the refuge of God, but we also step out into the battlefield. And that refuge goes with us into battle. We're covered, we're protected, but we're in a battle. 
You're going to face some lions. You're going to face some cobras. What this verse is really talking about is not just physical lions and physical snakes. It's talking about the devil that we all have to contend with. It's talking about the Christian's spiritual authority over Satan. And I want to declare to you this morning, leaving nothing to doubt, that we in Jesus Christ have authority over the devil and over all the works of darkness that we can walk in complete victory and authority over him in Jesus' name. We have authority today. You have authority over the enemy. There's this image in this verse about stepping on a snake. I love that. Just stomp your foot right now. Come on, I want to hear them. That's where the devil is. That's where he is. Some of you think he's all around here and he's buzzing around and he's up here or around. You know, he's down here. There's an image all through the Bible of a snake being stepped on. It starts really early in the Bible. Do you know... uh, We got into the Bible, you know, the Bible tells the story of man, you know, and God says, uh, I'm putting you in this wonderful garden and there's only one thing you're not supposed to do. You can do everything else. You can do a million things, just don't do this one thing. How many chapters you figure we made it in the Bible before we did the bad thing? Uh, Chapter three. Not ten, three. There's like 32,000 verses in the Bible. We made it about... 150 before we failed. Here's the beautiful part of it, though. When mankind failed and listened to the serpent and did the one thing God said not to do, God had an answer already. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, in the very chapter where man failed, there's a verse called the, in Greek, it's called the Proto-Evangelium, which means the first gospel. The first time the good news of Jesus Christ was proclaimed is not in the New Testament. It's in Genesis chapter 3 where man sinned. I love it. God had an answer ready. The moment we fell, he had the good news ready. Here's what God said. God is speaking to the serpent, and he said this, and it's so powerful. Genesis 3.15, one of the most important verses in Scripture. He said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. What he's saying to the devil, to the serpent, is that this woman's going to have a seed. A child is going to come biologically and spiritually from her. And there's going to be division. This child is going to fight against you. And it says this of the serpent, You will bruise his heel, but he shall crush your head. That's exactly what happened at the cross. Satan thought he was taking a big bite out of Jesus, but he bit him on the bottom of the foot. And Jesus said, "Uh uh-huh, I feel that. But in the same motion, I'm going to step down and crush your head and crush your authority and crush your power forever. Next time you see a cross, I want you to think of the serpent biting Jesus' heel and Jesus stomping his head. For at the cross, Jesus destroyed the power of darkness over your life. He destroyed the power of sin over your life at the cross. And you and I have a authority because of that right at the start of the bible genesis 3 15 we got the picture of a serpent being crushed you go to the end of the bible revelation chapter 12 we hear about the old serpent again at the end 
Revelation 12 said this, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. And we see the ultimate defeat of the serpent as he's cast into the lake of fire. I love it. Right at the beginning and right at the end. Do you realize in the Bible, the first two chapters, Satan is not present? And the last two chapters, Satan is not present? Do you realize he's defeated at the start of the Bible and he's defeated at the end of the Bible? And do you realize that we see a serpent being crushed at the start of the Bible, a serpent being cast into the lake at the end of the Bible, and right smack in the middle of the Bible, Psalm 91, we hear of our authority to step on snakes and to trample them. Snakes are under our feet. Can we say that this morning? Under our feet. When I was in Bible college many long years ago, I was an RA, a resident assistant, and I was called to kind of pastor a group of guys on a floor of the residential halls in my first experience as a pastor really and we help disciple young men and sometimes correct and sometimes deal with difficult things one day in chapel service I was called to deal with kind of a difficult thing they said uh, you need to come up here and see this uh, one of the guys on your floor is a Satan worshiper and I thought oh Lord in Bible college a Satan worshiper how did I get this guy I said, how do you know he's a Satan worshiper? They said, look. And I went down, and he was praying at the altar. And I thought, how could that be? And his shoes were, he was kneeling down, and you could see the bottom of his shoes. And in big black letters on each shoe, he had written, Satan. So I came walking down, and at the altar, I just see, Satan, Satan. And I thought, man, we got to deal with this. We can't have devil worship going on right here at our altar. So we pulled the guy aside and said, bud, we got a problem here. You can't be down there with Satan on the bottom of your shoes. What in the world? Are you worshiping the devil? He said, no, I wrote that there to remind me of the devil's position in my life. I'm like, write it on my shoes. The whole floor has to write Satan now on the bottom of our shoes. That guy was smarter than any of us ever thought because he understood that Satan's place in our lives is under our feet. I said under our feet. He's not up here. He's not around here. He's under our feet. Would y'all please stomp with me this morning? I'm feeling really alone out here. I want to hear the building shake with people under my feet. That's his place in your life. He's not as big and bad and powerful as you've given him credit for. I love it. It says in Romans 16, 20 in the New Testament, said, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. I love that. I have a growing feeling in my spirit that God is about to do something that will shake the world. You see little flames of revival here and there. You see college students on campus being taken over by days of prayer and worship. Uh, You see Jesus being exalted. You see some uh, TV series like The Chosen. Then there's a movie out about the Jesus Revolution that's being held over in theaters longer than it was supposed to because people are flocking to see it. You see little pockets of Jesus making himself known. And I just believe, folks, we're, I, I believe we're in the most exciting days that a Christian could ever live in because we're about to see God do something to crush Satan under our feet in a powerful way. There's a lot of people out there saying bad news and bad pronoc- uh, 
and prognosticate. Is that the word? I don't even know. Bad news, bad predictions. But I'm telling you, God is about to crush Satan under our feet. Something powerful about that verse. It's God who does the crushing, but he uses our feet to do it. Can you get a hold of that? It's God who does the crushing, but he uses our feet to do it. This world is hungry today, and this world is hungry for spiritual authority. I think the world's hungry for authority in general. I think there's a huge hunger today for leaders that we can trust and have confidence in, not just in politics, but in business and in all kind of things. We just want leaders we can trust. But the overwhelming hunger today, I believe, is for spiritual authority. Someone who can come into a situation knowing who they are in Christ and knowing the power that they wield in Christ to set people free around them. Hear me today, when somebody's struggling with an addiction that's about to take their life away, they don't just need a pep talk. They don't need a social club. They don't need just a a new philosophy. They don't need a motivational speech. They need spiritual power to set them free. They need a power that is greater than the power that is holding them in bondage. Jesus said, if you want to break into a strong man's house, first thing you got to do is bind the strong man. And once you bind the strong man, you can take the whole house. There are people walking around that have been bound by a strong man called the devil. And we, the church, have been given authority in Psalm 91 to step on him and to squash him like the dirty snake that he is. And we need to know that spiritual authority so we can walk into situations where there's bondage and we can tie up the strong man and claim the house for Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Good preaching, Pastor Andy. Amen, amen. We need to understand our role and our spiritual authority. He does the crushing. We walk it out. We live it out. You may think the secret place is just a place of refuge, and it is. The secret place is a place of protection, and it is. But the reason I stopped here in verse 13 and took one verse is because this verse tells us that the secret place is a place of authority, a place where we have the power of God available to change situations. Did you know through Jesus Christ you can walk into situations where there are darkness and take authority over that darkness? You can walk into situations where there's bondage and take authority over that bondage. We give the devil so much credit when he doesn't deserve the credit. The Bible said we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are overcomers. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know how much greater he is? He that is in you created the one that is in the world some people have this mistaken idea that it's like star wars there's a force for good and a force for bad there's the the light side and the dark side and they're always fighting each other no 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 friends you've you've missed that you may enjoy star wars and it's okay don't get your theology from it amen did i take off the star wars fans today We're not Jedis here, we're Christians. Some of you may need to hear that. There is not a powerful force for good and an equally powerful force for evil. 
the force for good, which is our Lord, created everything that exists. And he rules and reigns over it all. And all he has to do is step his foot down and destroy the works of darkness. And that's what happened at the cross. We give Satan so much credit. You know the Bible says one day at the end, the world is going to get an opportunity to look at Satan and see him for who he really is. And you know what the Bible said is, is going to be said? The Bible said people are going to be shocked when they see the devil because they're going to say, is this the man? Is that the one that did all this damage? Is that the one that I gave place in my life? Is that little guy over there the one I worried about so much? Is that little insignificant guy over there the one that I allowed to dominate my thinking through much of my life? At Upward, we're not going to be in that crowd saying that because we know it now. Is that the guy? The next time the devil comes against you, the next time he comes into your mind and threatens you, you can say, hey, you're a nobody through the cross of Jesus Christ. You have no authority and no power in my life. You can't come in and mess with my family. You can't come in and mess with my life. In Jesus Christ, I am over you, not under you. Now get back under my feet where you belong. Amen. 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 When the devil comes at you, don't lie down and let him grind his feet in you. You put him down and you grind your feet in him because that's where he belongs. Amen. You will trample upon lions and cobras with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to invite you today to walk in that God-given authority to a place of authority. How do we do this? How do we walk in authority? James chapter 4 and verse 7 tells us something very powerful. James said this, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The Bible said we're called to resist the devil. Some of you need to receive this this morning. You're under a trial today. You're under a trial and it's been going on for a while. It's time for you and your spirit to make a resolve that enough is enough. Can I get an amen? Anybody want to latch on to this and say enough's enough? Devil's been messing with my family long enough. Can I get an amen? Devil's been trying to keep me sick long enough. Can I get an amen? Devil's been stirring up relationship problems on my job long enough. Devil's been messing with my finances long enough. The devil's been putting anxiety on me long enough. Folks, we've just come through a season in our world of anxiety for about three years. I want to say enough's enough. Enough's enough. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. That means you stand up to that bully and he runs away. I got bullied by, by a, a dog for a while in my backyard. He was about this high. Y'all can tell how courageous I am. I'm running from dogs and snakes and everything else and then trying to tell you to be courageous. I got bullied by a little dog. He's about this high, but boy, he thought he was something. I'd go out into my yard and he'd come after me like mad. When I faced him, he would stop. But then I'd turn and try to walk back in the house and he'd come at me, trying to bite me from behind. Sneaky little thing. 
Then I'd turn around and he'd stop and I'd try to get to the house and he'd come. And I'd have to back my way into the house. We had several showdowns, me and this dog. I mean, I could have wiped him out, but I didn't want to go that far. So after about the 10th time of backing into the house with this snarling little dog, I said, I about had enough of this. It's going to be me or him this time. Somebody's backing off. So forgive me, but I just decided to play the big dog. He came up at me, and I just started barking. I know, I know, you think I'm crazy. But I just went, woo, 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 and I chased him. That's the last time that dog came into my yard. He never came back again because he knew that I was the big dog. In this fight with the devil, Jesus is the bigger dog for sure. And he lives in you. And you tell that little dog, it's your time to get on out of my yard. It's your time to go fleeing from me. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He has to run away. But I don't want you to leave out this because this is so important to this verse. The first thing in this verse is not resist the devil. The first thing in this verse is therefore submit to God. The first thing we do is submit to the authority that's over us. And then we can exercise the authority that's within us. Did you write that down? Because I didn't say it that way in any of the other services, and I need you to save that for me. When we submit to the authority over us, we can exercise the authority that's in us. Amen, amen, amen. Don't try to resist the devil without submitting to God first. Because by yourself, you're no match for him. In Jesus Christ, he can't stay in your yard anymore. But don't fight him in the flesh. That means... Anything in your life that's not fully submitted to the Lord, submit it to the Lord. Any of you, when you were little, you laid in bed at night and you stayed under the covers because you were sure that if you stuck your foot out, a monster would get it. Anybody? How many of you still, when you're up under the covers, if you put a foot out, you think somebody, something's going to grab it. I can't get that foot up under there. Anybody? Yeah. Young and old alike. Okay, men and women, we all deal with it. I put my foot out there, something's going to grab it. I don't know why it is, but we're taught to feel safe. Something primal about it, we're safe undercover. That's what Psalm 91 is telling us. Get everything undercover. Because when you get everything under the cover of God's word, you have authority to go out and take the kingdom of darkness. You have authority over darkness. Here's the truth, and I want you to get this. You can't rebuke demons that you actually entertain. You can't stand against darkness if there are secret places in your life where you welcome darkness in. This is not to condemn anyone. This is not to shame anyone. Listen, I've been around. I know what it's like. We all have things we struggle with, right? We all fail from time to time, right? I'm not talking about having struggles. I'm talking about open doors in your life that you're leaving open 
and you're welcoming darkness in. What God's saying to you and to all of us today, that it's time to close that door and it's time to bring that part of your life under God's covering. Don't say that to shame or condemn anybody. And I don't say that to say, go out and do better. I've heard so many sermons that remember, go out and do better. It doesn't work. Here's what I do want to say. God has plans for you that are greater than anything you could ever imagine. He has an authority he wants to manifest in your life that's more powerful than you know. He wants you everywhere you go to be taking authority over the works of darkness and over the things that exalt themselves against Jesus Christ. Not people, but spirits. He wants you to walk into a place with a spiritual authority. And you can't walk fully in your spiritual authority when you're welcoming darkness into the back door of your life. Amen. God's called us to be an army. Now, I like it when people come to church, don't you? I like it. I like to see this place full, and it usually is. I love seeing that. But the most exciting moment for me, and I think the one that makes the devil tremble most, is when you get blessed and you get dismissed. Because he's okay with us gathering in here. He's not okay with us getting unleashed on Henderson County. Because when we go out in Henderson County in our spiritual authority, bondage gets broken, addiction gets destroyed, hopelessness finds hope, failure turns into victory. He's called you to be a part of that army. And he's called you and I to bring everything in our lives that's not in alignment with his will undercover. Then, as we submit to God, we can resist the devil. And he's going to flee. Some of you, victory is right around the corner for you. A victory that you never knew was possible as you submit to God and as you resist that enemy who's a nobody, who's a defeated loser, who is under your feet by the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your peace. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. God, there are people sitting in this place today, God, that need to know you. There are people sitting in this place today that know you, but God, you're calling them to a deeper walk than they've had before. You're calling them today to bring everything under cover, under safety, into the secret place of God. God, there's some things that are like these nagging little dogs that are yapping in their lives, distracting them from your full calling. God, today as we bring all those things under your feet, you set us free in Jesus' name. Heads bowed and eyes closed across this congregation. If you're here today, we won't embarrass you. Maybe watching online and you say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus Christ as my Savior. Can I see your hand really quick today? I'm saying yes to Jesus Christ as my Savior. How many would say this? Pastor, there's some things that are out from under the covers. Some things in my life that I need to bring under the authority of Jesus. And today I lift my hand just to acknowledge that before God. Can I see your hands today all across this place? Bringing things under cover. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for that honesty this morning. Jesus, 
we come to you today and we surrender to you. I want to pray right now for those who are saying yes to Jesus here online. And I want you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for my sin, for paying the price so that I could be free. I turn from my sin. I run to you. I give you my life. And from this day forward, I belong to you. Amen. Amen. Today, would you lift your hands just to be blessed? The scripture says, Paul prayed this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're blessed this morning. I commission you and send you out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Make Jesus known in your world. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. Thank you for being here today. Be blessed. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.